0: Welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman. Thanks for joining me today. I know that today is going to be an exciting time for you because, once again, I've brought someone wonderful on my podcast with me. Today, my guest is Lori Fry. She is a biblical counselor, a certified biblical life coach, and she's been doing counseling uh, for s- several years. She is married. Um, she ha- is an author. And today we're going to talk a little bit about her book, "Hearing God's Heart in Divorce," uh, and we're going to talk. We're going to we're going to delve into the concept of divorce in relationship to the church, but we're also going to just learn more about Lori. So, welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you very much. I'm super glad that you decided to say yes. Me too. And uh, so, tell the listeners a little bit about you.
1: A little bit about me. Um, my husband and I just started a. A ministry called Oneness Ministries in Edmund. Uh, we've both been counseling each for about 10 years. Um, How long have you been married? We'll be married almost six years in June in uh, July, sorry. Um, we have both obviously been through a divorce, which is my book came out of trying to understand what God's heart was in that. There is a lot of uh there's a lot of opinions in the world
0: about what God's heart is towards divorce. And um for a lot of a lot of people, divorced people are second-class citizens. Um, but when you're divorced, you've got to reconcile yourself to what God believes about that.
1: Kind of tell us a little bit about how that journey came about for you. Um, I had gotten married at 19. Um I was married for over 30 years, Um, I let, I'm not even sure the best way to say this, Um, I married a man who I thought was very strong, in actuality he was angry. Um, I thought mostly it was my fault, and I tried to do better, be better, Um, and we had three children, and I, I don't think I realized that it wasn't my fault until maybe the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Because when you're living with someone who's angry, um, if, you're, if your anger level is from a one to ten, most people are at a one or a two, maybe a three. When you're living with somebody somebody who's angry, their anger level is about at a seven or eight all the time. So it doesn't take much to get to ten. Um, there was not physical abuse, but it is emotional abuse. when. You're walking on eggshells all the time. You never know what's gonna set them off. Um that was very difficult, but having three little kids, knowing that I couldn't make it on my own, and I didn't really want to I didn't really wanna admit there was a real problem because when you admit it then you have to do something about it. That's for sure. And if you don't then you just move on and you um, act like everything's fine to everybody else, and especially when you think, well, they don't hit me, they don't cheat on me, they don't do those things, so it's not that bad.
0: And and I think people undersell emotional abuse. Yes. And they, it's it's somehow easier to um, say, well, it's not really abuse because, well, nobody's got a bruise, mm-hmm. or um, you know. You haven't been cheated on, so you should be fine. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, can you talk a little bit
1: about emotional abuse and kind of what that looks like and how it affects people? I remember seeing a definition somewhere that said anything that causes you to behave differently than who you really are is abuse. It's abusive. I remember told a, a good friend of mine that I was leaving because of um, it was a hard. T- I had a hard time even saying the word abuse because it was. He was angry. He was angry all the time. Um, And he would do things, he would say the things that he knew would hurt the most, even though I knew he didn't even really think they were true. But anyway, I told a friend that I was leaving because of abuse and she was um, indignant because she had been sexually abused as a child. And she basically said, how dare you say that you were abused? Um, and, And it wasn't the same, but it was still not, Okay. And I had a friend that told me one time, you know, when you go to the doctor and they ask you on a scale of one to ten, what's your pain level, and you tell them seven, they don't get to tell you, no it's not, it's just a three. Mm-hmm. No, it's a
0: seven. It is. It's a seven. And so as you as you navigated that, one of the things I want to mm-hmm. kind of back up on something you just said a while ago. Um, and, and you feel free to disagree with me, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, I think that we all have our roles that we play in those situations that, uh, that help make situations, um, I guess I would say we all have a role to play in the divorce yeah in in a time yeah. of divorce sure. I was I, I'm divorced I came out of a situation where things were uh, I lived with somebody who was angry as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would tell you that he was raised by two professional fighters and he was just carrying on the generational fight mm-hmm. um, but I also had my share of the failure of the marriage. Mm-hmm. When I left my marriage, I thought well, I would take my five percent of the failure and move on down the pipe because well he owned the other ninety five mm-hmm. and what I would realize is when I worked with the Lord that I actually owned a little more than five percent. <laughs> And uh, and there were issues in me that needed to be healed and needed to change in relationship to that. Um, how do you address something like that?
1: Well, there's a reason that we accept the, the treatment. Um, so, yeah, there are things in us that, that we think, well, we deserve it, or this is what I picked, or, well, I'm not good enough, or if I was just better, or whatever. And there was also an issue with not setting boundaries. Right. You... you God does not want you treated badly any more than he wants uh, your spouse to treat you badly. Um, I took, I went to a counselor during the divorce um, and I was so glad that I did and one of the things that she said to me, I, I was having a discussion with one of my kids at the time and When I counsel, I counsel a lot about grace and what does that look like and God has grace for us. And one of my kids said, you left dad, how are you showing him grace? Wow. Yeah. And that's what I kind of said was, wow, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. So I brought it up to my counselor and I said, I don't know how to answer that. And she said, it is not grace to allow someone else to continue in harmful flesh patterns. The anger, the flesh pattern of anger, was harmful to me and it was harmful to him. And grace doesn't let that go on because it just destroys everything. When you've got behavior, so so the cycle would be he would do it, I would allow it, I would withdraw, I mean, it. it. When you allow that sort of stuff to go on for so long, it just sort of sucks the love out of everything, and there's nothing left. But it kind of becomes contempt, and then it just kind of becomes nothing. Right. You know. So allowing those things, that's not what grace is. And I, I just, I really appreciated her saying that.
0: Let's let's talk on the touchy subject um, in the word. Oh, you know, it's the passage in the Bible that everybody quotes about divorce.
1: God hates divorce.
0: God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. How do you? How do you? address that. I know in your book you
1: address it. Yeah, when there's something in Scripture that seems contradictory, you have to look at Scripture in context. Absolutely. And there are, for one thing, and again like you said I go into it a lot in the book, but there's a lot of different translations. And one of the translations, um, I, I believe the original language was, God is not the one who hates. It's the husband or the spouse that hates, and what God um, notices is what the the hateful behavior from one spouse to another. That's what God hates. That results in divorce. God is about freeing His children. He freed the Jews from uh, Pharaoh. He He freed Israel from from Pharaoh. God's heart. What is God's heart? What is God's character? And God's character is to. Um, For his kids not to hurt each other and yes God created marriage and marriage is great I love it Um, but it also divorce is provided for in the law so divorce in itself is not a sin that is something that is so important to understand because I always thought it was and you were probably taught that too. too for sure right it's not a sin what is God's heart I think, again, when you look at scripture, you balance scripture against scripture, and you had mentioned earlier about principles in scripture, but it's always about what is God's character, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, that's the thing we look at. Divorce can be used in a sinful way, for sure. You know, not a lot of the marriages don't have to end. Right. They don't, and um, sometimes they do, and I don't think we need to apologize for them. When there's abuse, neglect, um, when God speaks to you and releases you from a marriage, and yes, I believe He does that because He did it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in whatever goes on, you always listen to Holy Spirit. If He tells you to go, you go. If He tells you to stay, you stay. we, We trust Holy Spirit. We listen to Him. We say He talks to us about everything in life. But not really about that. Right. You know? No, he never says you can divorce. you. But you always listen to the Holy Spirit, but not in that one. Right. And I, I don't understand that. That's right. not, we can trust him in everything. And we can hear him because we're his kids. And I think God takes personally how we
0: treat his children. Yes. Uh, I take personally how people treat my children, for okay. sure. Yes. Uh, and, and I know God is a, a good father. Mm-hmm. and um, And so I was counseled when i when i left and i'm the one who left my marriage uh, mm-hmm. after 20 years and three kids mm-hmm. i was counseled that it didn't matter if my husband was an axe murderer mm-hmm. i would they couldn't counsel me to get divorced right. and i think it and that's ludicrous but from a from a heart of love you mm-hmm. know what i mean like they were sure. giving you their best understanding of right. what they'd been taught and the things that they believed and those kinds of things and i have a lot of people ask me from time to time if I knew then what I know now, could I still be married to my first husband? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we both actively sought God's heart and God's healing, mm-hmm. we probably could. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, we didn't do that. We didn't know to do that. And a lot of, there was not really people in my lives actively helping us do you know mm-hmm. encouraging us in that vein and so one of the things that i love about what you do and a, and what we do because we're in similar i mean we both do marriage counseling we both do life coaching that kind of thing mm-hmm. um one of the things i love about that is we're pushing people to find what does god say to you and how do you find the healing that you need in the presence of the lord mm-hmm. and through the power of the holy spirit and uh, as as husbands and wives take that journey they can have a they can have gone through infidelity, they can have gone yes. through pornography, they can gone through abuse, they can have gone through a lot of things. But if both of them take the journey down the path of healing,
1: they could probably stay married and do really be successful at it, right? And that's that's exactly right. But God knows the end from the beginning, mm-hmm. and He knows if it's going to, um, He knew whether we should have stayed together or not, He released me, right? So, um we get to trust Holy Spirit in that, too. For sure. And here's the other thing, too, is like you said, out of a heart of love and fellow Christians, other believers, church, you know, pastors, whatever, they're they're coming at you from a heart of love. But when you come to somebody and say, the only option is to stay together, that doesn't help. You have to know that there's an option to not right. to have the choice to stay. Mm-hmm when you when you're told there's no option then you're trapped right it, it's love grows when you're when you're free to stay when you're free to choose hmm oh that's a beautiful powerful statement yeah.
0: Love grows when you're free to choose. That was good, wasn't it? That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping with that. He's so good. Yeah. Mm. And so um, I think that that's a really powerful way to put that. Mm. And I think when you're forced into a place and there's no choice, and, and the beautiful thing about God is he's the God of free choice. Yes. We all have a free will to choose. You know what? Mm. Whether God released me from my, my marriage or I chose on my own to leave, mm. he is still the God of grace. He mm-hmm. is still the God of mercy. Mm-hmm. He is still the God of restoration. I mean, I've been married to a wonderful man for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And God has used us in ministry for a long time. And um, he, we have seen him do some amazing, powerful works in the lives of couples and individuals and churches and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we had bought the lie from Satan that we were second-class citizens, mm-hmm. that we were worthless and our only value was to sit in a pew a lot of lives wouldn't have been changed because God allowed us to be a part of it.
1: And it seems to me that churches, let me be careful, not all churches, but there are some churches Mm -hmm. that they will accept you better if you just got out of prison having to have have killed somebody. They'll let you come in and, and, and serve. But if you've been divorced, you're out. So for some reason, divorce seems to be the unpardonable sin that keeps you out of ministry like you said earlier makes you a second-class Christian that's ridiculous right that's ridiculous and
0: I had a pastor who would always say don't judge me because I sin differently than you yeah you know sin is sin is sin Mm. and uh People love to put it on a scale of zero to ten from, you know, not very bad little white lie to, Mm -hmm. you know, heinous, something terrible. And divorce somehow ends up towards Mm -hmm. the top end of the screen. It does. In a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have the capacity to help people nearly as well if we come to them in judgment and condemnation, which is never part of the character and nature of God.
1: Amen.
0: That's true. Never. Never. Yeah. No. So, So, um, tell us a little bit more about what you do on a day-in and day-out basis as far as your
1: counseling, and, and what does that look like if somebody
0: wanted to work with you?
1: Well, we, are, uh, we, we just got started right before the virus hit, so, <laughs> so we're actually in our new offices for about 10 days, and then we had to shut down, but we've been back down. This is our third week back, and we have a staff of, there are six of us. We do couples, we do premarital, we do individuals. Um, we have different people with, our, with different expertise. Um, we, uh, the website is oneness-ministries.org and you can get online and fill out the intake or you can contact us uh, on, by the website's all our information. Um, we see people. Um, we work around your schedule if, if at all possible. We have classes going on. We have an open house in two weeks. Yeah, uh, if you want to come and see the place and meet everybody, uh, we actually have a Facebook Live this afternoon, but
0: yeah unless yeah. you are listening to this at a later date that's right because <laughs> you might you might have just you might yeah. have stumbled across this podcast in 2027 20, that's true and, and so th- never mind you missed it. <laughs> so you might be a day you might you be might a day be late. later too yes. for that yeah. but but nonetheless you can go to oneness org. Mm-hmm. you can find out more about Lori and her amazing husband Rick who is also a counselor he's pretty cool and he is um he's amazing I'm Hopefully, yeah. we'll get him on my podcast soon, so you can have mm-hmm. an encounter with him because that's great. Yeah. Um, so you have children? I do. I have three
1: grown children and eleven grandchildren.
0: And and that's you know your kids have like mine have navigated through being children of divorce.
1: Adult. Ad- yes. Adult. As adults. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: and I never walked through that. My parents were married mm-hmm. until I they passed away Mm -hmm. and um and so it is different for those kids than it is for me for what I experienced Mm -hmm. but you know what I know even in all of that that God is still that God is their God just like he's my God and God loves them just Mm -hmm. like he loves me Mm -hmm. and uh and it's been a beautiful thing to watch and and you know we're all in a form of we're all in somewhere along the continuum of healing
1: yeah
0: and uh and so um Is there anything else that that you really want to bring out from your book that we haven't talked about yet?
1: I guess just to remember that God doesn't do normal. Right. Um, What you grew up with may not be what God's doing in your life. Um, We get to have, we have scripture, but we have the living word living in us and you get to listen to Him. Um, You hear His voice because you're His sheep. Right. And always, (laughs) always remember that you can trust what you hear from God. You don't have an evil heart anymore, an evil, wicked heart. That's Old Covenant, Old Testament. He took out your heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh that hears God, is receptive. You can hear God. You can talk to him about anything in your life and it doesn't matter if anybody else agrees with you or not God has a way of making sure you know that it's his voice right trust it No matter what because he's good and if you trust that he's good Then you can follow that and I think that even if you're in the middle of a painful thing I think that God is so good that he chooses the least painful way to get you where he wants you to be. And I also think there is no plan B. There's no plan B. So if you're divorced, it's plan A. Mm-hmm. There's no failure. It's just what is. Um, I think we trust him no matter what. I think that is so good. And I'm so grateful that you
0: are willing to come and share on my podcast. Thanks for asking. So I like to do a little fun thing at the end of my podcast. It's just, I call it rapid fire questions. They're not, they're not deep and theological and there's not really a right or wrong answer. Okay. And so uh, are you ready? Well, I
1: guess just so. the first
0: thing that comes to your brain. Okay.
1: Sure.
0: Um, do you like coffee or tea? Coffee. Black. Black coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All day long. Yes, please. Alright.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather be in front of the camera or behind the camera? Oh, All behind.
1: Alright. Definitely.
0: Um, what is your favorite vacation?
1: Italy. What about Italy? Well, my grandparents emigrated from Italy, uh-huh. so I love Italy. I've been twice. and i It's just, I love it. There's nothing more beautiful than Italy. Something on your bucket list going back to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, touche. Uh, no, I I tra- I'm just more travel. I would love to travel some more. Okay. Mm. Um oh.
0: If you could have if you were born a man, oh. would you have wanted to <laughs> What would you change about male speed the ma- the male species?
1: I thought this was going to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know that I would, actually,
0: because that's what makes them kind of fun. That's awesome. I would give them, I would give them the opportunity to think like women. Or maybe to just get a glimpse, but I think it would scare them too much. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Would you rather stay in or go out? Oh,
1: I think stay in.
0: Read a book or watch a movie? Watch a movie. Watch a movie. Favorite movie, you can quote the dialogue.
1: You're killing me smalls. <laughs> I don't know if that's a favorite, but that's one of my favorite phrases is right. You're Killing Me Smalls. Okay. Mm. And, and I love the Shack. I just have to say. That is a great movie. It is a great it's a great yeah. movie, great book. Yes,
0: yes. Um Do you read the book first or watch the movie first? Mm, book first. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, that's wrong. I just have to disagree <laughs> with you. I said absolutely, but that's wrong. Absolutely Be- wrong? Absolutely <laughs> wrong, because mm-hmm. the book is so much better than any way they could portray it in a movie, so the movie's mm-hmm. always a letdown if you do it last.
1: Well, that's a good point. So
0: you got to watch the movie first, then read the book. Okay, I'll try Because here's explain. the deal. When you read a book, mm-hmm. you visualize all of the characters in your own head, mm-hmm. and then when you see them on the movie screen, you're like, no, that's not what that guy looks like. That's true. Always read the book first. Except,
1: okay, that's true. <laughs>
0: How was that for my powers of I persuasion? I think that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I remember. Wanted, okay, and I ask everybody the same question. This last question is the Uh-oh. same question I ask everybody, and it's my favorite question. I do it on any. I ask people this all the time, and that is this: mm. If you could say one thing and one thing only to make Jesus famous, what would you say? Oh, gee. Well,
1: that is a tough one. That he's better than you think he is and that he's good. He's good. He is good. And he's better than you can imagine. And he's enough.
0: Yeah. There you got it. There you have it. That is powerful truth. He is better than you think he is. Yeah. He is good and he is enough. What yeah. better way to end the podcast That's than it. that? That's it. Right? We want you to know him yeah. and really know him. Let's make him fam- We're spending our lives trying to make him famous. So thanks for joining me on today's episode of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. Thanks to um, Lori for being my guest and talking about sometimes a hard, hard subject. And, and I appreciate her authenticity and her openness and her willingness to share. And again, uh, if you have an opportunity, I encourage you to pick up her book called Hearing God's Heart in Divorce. Uh, You can get that on Amazon and uh, don't, don't. If, you, if, you, if you've if you walked through a divorce, this is a book that you should read. If you know people who have walked through a divorce, which pretty much covers everybody, uh, you, this is a book you should read. And it's really biblical-based, has a lot of sound teaching in it. And so I really encourage you to pick up her book. If you need help with your marriage or counseling individually or personally or as a couple, check out Oneness Ministries. We'll put all of the information on how to contact Lori and how to pick up her book in the show notes. Maybe you want to invite her to speak to your group. Uh, she would be happy to do do that she's like giving me like maybe not but no she would she's great she's authentic she's she's wonderful and um, and so just avail yourself of the services that she has available and uh, this is the time of my show when I ask for my trifecta of favors uh, first of all if this is your first time to listen to one of our podcasts would you just hit that subscribe button that way all the episodes will be in your feed and ready to go secondly would you give us a five-star rating on iTunes? That helps our podcast bubble up to the top. And frankly, Melissa Zimmerman is not that easy to spell. And, uh, and so that helps everybody find me. And sec- And lastly, would you share this podcast with your friends and invite them to give it a listen? I think that they'll be blessed by having her glory share her uh, story and her wisdom. And so until we meet again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing.